welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. As I said, that we are full of Him. Yeah, it doesn't work any other way. It's got to be front and centre. He's got to be the centre. Yeah, he's got to be, Christ has got to be at the centre and then it works. Yeah, we try and sort of like um, the prophetic comes and, and, and aligns people, aligns churches, aligns communities and aligns nations. Yeah. Somebody's phone. Hello. And um, God bless you. And so, um, yeah, so the, it's, it's always about the word and it's always about Christ. And when we know this, things start to work. You know, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.4, he said that my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Listen to this in the Amplified. And my message, because he does, God uses our mouth. Yes, we have, we have a message. We have more than a message. We have a lived experience. We've all got a testimony. You know, people that, that aren't, haven't, um, come into Christ yet, come into salvation, you know, unfortunately, and we've been there, they're just living the test. They're doing that in the Ukraine. But God then brings us through and now we have a testimony. Amen. It's still a word. And it says, my message and my lived experience. And then I give my preaching and my, my testimony out of that. They weren't in persuasive words of wisdom or wasn't using clever rhetoric or anything clever. Got nothing, I haven't got a clever bone in my body. I've got nothing to offer you. I've got nothing to recommend myself to you. When I was younger, I might have been, you know, I'm young. You know, no, I don't have anything. Now, which is good because we need to get out of the way and let God be front and center. Amen. But God's words were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me. Yeah. And of his power. And then they, his word, stirring the minds of the listeners. And then he does the persuading. All we need to say is, hey, I'm here and I'm open. And I'm expectant. I'm full of faith because some of you, I feel, have come and it's almost like, you know, that you're in your Christian journey or in your life and your quest is on a knife edge. And, you know, there's some people here are just, will I actually keep going and believing that I'm going to break through or will I just abandon it? Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up this morning. You are on the edge, but you're going to break through this morning and it'll be all the work of God's word. Why? Why do we we need God's word? Well, to believe that Jesus in his power and in his glory and in his miracle. God, miracles, God is his word. Amen? Paul also said, for I preach nothing. I know nothing. I preach nothing but Christ and him crucified. Amen? The meta-narrative. From Genesis to Revelations is who? Jesus Christ. Amen. Even in the law, grace, pointing to grace. We are living under grace, amen, a higher standard, but we know nothing. It's a good place to be. It's a good place to be, to be empty, yeah? It's a good place to be. God can fill you. John Newton, the slave trader, he wrote the hymn Amazing Grace. He said, it was like his, his life mantra, And I know this too, I quote this, that I only know two things, that I am a great sinner and that Jesus is a great saviour. Amen. Another good place to be. Baselining your life. Amen. These are our foundations where God 
can not only just use us, but this is our life as well. This is now grace working for us. This is the cross working for us. This is, like I said, the living water gushing out of us. And this is at last living our abundant life. You know, in Hebrews 3.1, it says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. I love what you had here, the ripple effect. Every decision matters. Yeah, we can't sort of like, wouldn't it be great if every word we spoke, there were no consequences, but unfortunately there is because life and death is in what we speak, yeah? But God has given us his word to speak. He is the high priest, thanks, Dal, high priest providing atonement for our sin and our broken state. He did it once and for all, so it's done. Say it's done. It's done. Amen. We are under grace so that now we can confess and declare and it will have a ripple effect that every word, it's like cause and effect, will have a correlation with every decision and every outcome and then every destiny. The good news is that your destiny is assured. You know, it's not all up to God and it's not all up to us. We are in partnership with him. But we have to make the first step in salvation so that we can confess and declare and shout and proclaim who we are in Christ. Amen? Because that gets challenged here in Australia. I've just come from a war zone where that gets absolutely challenged. It doesn't matter what situation you are, God's word is foundational. We are unshakable. We sang about it this morning that he is a promise keeper, way maker, miracle worker. Come on, you can get excited. I will, okay? I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't get embarrassed about myself. I'm too old for self-deception. And I wasn't even that when I was younger, okay? Don't worry, I will behave. 1 John 4.15, you know, it's got to come from a foundation. I'm going to talk to you about a war zone this morning for a few minutes, but it's got to come from God's word, amen? Because my life is about that, your life is about that. Nothing will happen without this. 1 John 4.15 says that if anyone declares or confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God then abides in him or her. And then you are now in God. That word abide there means that he is ever present or he is very present. Key, key, hold that. Keep your your finger in that because we're going to come that there is a theme, another meta-narrative that you are not alone. He doesn't, he's not cruel and he's not mean. You are not under law where you have to keep a set of rules and if you break them, because we'll always break them, we're not, we don't want to, but we always will, that, that God will reject you now and wait until you're all good enough and how you've, you know, you've jumped through hoops and done everything to get back to that place. No, 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 no. And I feel that there are people here that that's the quest on a knife edge. That that's you've come so far and you can't go any further because you've got to deal with this issue. God's word says that he issued a command and his word healed us. And he, and he healed us out of that destructive pattern of not 
believing that you are under grace. Amen. I prophetically say that I break that off your life now in Jesus' name, but you've got to respond. You can respond right now. And if that's you, just raise your hand. You're not not doing it to me. You're doing it to the Lord. Just respond as God speaks the word instantly. Sometimes we wait. We wait for the end or instantly. Amen. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Psalm 107, 2 says, the scripture I just quoted that I haven't written here is Psalm 107, verse 20, that he sent his word, the issue and the command, and he healed them. That's him. So what do we say? Well, we say, I am healed. I am restored. I am protected. I am blessed. You may not be living that. You may not be feeling that. There's no evidence, certainly like that in the Ukraine, but in faith, They are learning, I'm not going to look at my circumstances. I'm not looking at the wind and the waves. I am saying that I am protected. I am safe. I don't die until you say so. Amen. And I mean, this is baseline. This is cutting edge stuff. It's probably a little bit more raw than what's normally preached from the platform. But I believe that I am here today having done the ministry and that we all need it. Amen, that there are people here that have ministries or just a life that needs to go next level in faith. Mark 11, 23 says, I love it in the NIV, if anyone, that's us, say, if anyone says to this mountain or situation, I'll go throw yourself in the sea. That's the translation. I didn't put that. Sounds like me, doesn't it? Yes. But... It actually is the NIV. If anyone says to this mountain, oh, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that whatever they say will happen, it'll be done. Come on. We need to come back to these aren't fundamental. These aren't basic. These are, oh, we've moved on from these. These are. These are our lifelong scriptures and we forget them. We can't, you can't reason yourself out of mental health. You can't reason yourself out of post-traumatic stress disorder. You can't reason yourself out of panic attack. You need God's word, amen, and God's word works. Matthew 4, 4 says that men or women, we don't live by bread alone. We don't live in the natural. We don't try and get out of this ourselves, but we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So seed the ground in front of you. I have actually prophesied a couple of years ago from this uh, platform that very scripture that God is raising up this church to be a church that seeds the ground in front of it. Your church has been through, come on, you haven't been through war. Well, actually you have. You've been through a war of water. You've been through flood. And you know what? You've your, your word and your faith and your giving and your incredible strength. We go from strength to strength and faith to faith and glory. That's been happening here. And then you've been knocked down. You have a number of times. What a champion people. God bless you to have those comfortable chairs. But you know what? I came, my husband and I came into this church and I saw when you had your very first service and God gave me a prophetic word that he is so pleased with you. You brought your own deck chair. And yes, there was music. And this is, a, this is a people, amen. You may, you may as well come with me next time in a few months' time when I go back into the Ukraine because this is the DNA of this church. Do you understand? Do you believe it? Because you are a people that seed the ground in front of you with God's word. If I say it's hopeless, oh, you know what, I, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and it's on a, 
It's on a, will I do it? Won't I? Will I, will I keep going with that business? Will I keep going with that child? Will I keep going with this marriage? Will I keep going with this relationship? With my health? I just can't see it. I just can't see it shift. And, you know, the Ukrainians are living like that. They're being bombed to the wazoo. I don't think I'm in trouble for saying that word. So they are, this is the reality, but they are saying no. I don't care what it looks like and that's what we need to say. I am not going to say out of this mouth I am depressed. I'm not going to say that I've tried everything. I've tried doctors. Yes, try it all. Now come here because this works. Amen. You don't need another 100 counselling sessions. And this is my field. I shouldn't be. I'm not a very good advertiser for my field. We need this first. And then every so often we need some counselling because life happens. Amen. We've got to get this around the right way. So I'll give you a bit of context like Pastor Mel said, um, about who I am, this strange woman <laughs> with long hair. I've got two skills, having children and growing hair. So in context, this is our testimony. And in Revelations 12, I love this scripture, 11, I quote it often. They, who are they? Yes, oh, who said that? Top of the class. See, told you, it's in the DNA of the church. They, the church, overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony, and it says because they weren't afraid to die. I know. Who would not, li- who would not read or listen? I actually listen to the Word because I've got a big commute to work every day. Same thing. I kept hitting repeat. Oh, my gosh, it jumps off the page. I hit repeat. I hit repeat until it's in here, and I am now, it's working, and the Word is working in me, and now I'm believing it. Amen. You know, that we are not afraid to die. That's not just in the literal, yeah? And that is a part of that. But are we afraid to die to ourselves? Are we a day afraid to let that thing go, yeah? Come on, today is your day. I believe there are people that are going to pivot today. There are people who are going to go next level today. And there are precious people, the most important people in the room There are people who are going to meet Christ as Saviour today and get the journey started. And I speak that in faith and you know who you are in Jesus' name. So, you know, they overcame by knowing the Lamb in salvation and then we grew and then we uh, became victorious and conquerors by knowing the Lion of the tribe of Judah because he has come as Lamb, but he's coming back as Lion. And let me tell you, prophetically, as you go all over the world, oh, my gosh, the Lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring. He is roaring in the Ukraine. And you might say, Jeff, doesn't look like that as we watch the news. Let, I'm going to tell you. why. That's why I'm speed talking because I've got a lot to say and there's going to be some photos come up Um, of precious people that are living this. This is their lived experience. And so I was not raised a Christian. I haven't got time to go into my testimony, but just a broad brush, not raised as a Christian, saved at 16 years of age. Oh, thank God. I don't think I would be alive today if God hadn't reached out his love and his grace and always knew, you know, he knows that we've got a softness for him, a soft spot for him, and it doesn't take much, yeah, but just a very broken, very traumatised young girl. And then I'm skipping right ahead to married this married this awesome man here, Lucas Jones, became a wife and a mother. Luke and I had four kids in five and a half years. So that that couple, God bless you, you are our mob, okay? You will be very busy. You will be incredibly busy for a while, uh, but it's worth it because all our kids, oh, God blessed us with our kids, 
all four. Mel's the eldest, and then three sons, and they're all they all love each other, and they're all tight, and we're all it's just it's a fabulous thing. But you know, there were days when I was nine months pregnant with my fourth, and my husband and the kids were my husband came home from work, and the kids had turned the house upside down, and we're like met Dad at the door, and Dad says, "Where's Mum?" And I was nine months pregnant in the shower, banging my head against the wall, and he just lovingly got me out and drive me off and put me to bed. And we made it through those years. And look at look at this one here and this one here. Amen. That's the testimony of God's promises. He is a promise maker and he is a promise keeper. He just doesn't make promises and he's not a promise breaker. And I come against that lie that has been sown in someone's heart this morning. He's not a promise breaker. If he has promised to give us bread, he is not going to give us a stone. He is not cruel, fickle or mean. That's us. That's us in our broken state. God bless us. We, we need um, our God and, our word and his word. Uh, became a mother, called to ministry and then went three years in Bible college in Townsville. And then God had me uh, by his plan. You know, God's word says in Isaiah 53, the picture of Jesus on the cross, and we, we see that description. And then in verse 10, it says that God's plan will prosper in his hand. Like, he, you know, he again is on a knife edge. He's on, he's on the cross, but it will prosper, and that is for you as well. I went through a season of uh, training, um, Bible college, three years, JC University to do a psychology degree. If you, I haven't got time to tell you that, that the miracle of that because the trauma from my um, family systemic history damaged my learning um, ability and even neurally I had damage there. So that is even a miracle that that happened. I, God narrowed me down and I did trauma training. I did addiction training because everything subsequent to, um, you know, that if, if we have experienced trauma or traumatic grief, there's everything subsequent because we medicate uh, those things. Amen. And so it's the, um, just training on anxiety and depression and OCD. And then he took me into the prison, like covered every base in all. And then came the missional, the global missional call. So I was in my th- second or third year in Bible college and uh, Pastor Kevin Hovey came and he was the head of the ACC, it was the AOG back then, of missions in Australia. And he was doing a whole week on missions. And Henry will um, remember this. Henry was head student while I was at college and we loved him to bits. Um, he's just got such a compassionate, tender heart. And I love that. You know, if I don't ever want to get to a point where we are so sort of like, oh, you know, with people's problems because there's so many of them that we can't weep with those who weep. Yeah. And that we can't cry with those and that we can't laugh with those that have had a, a breakthrough and a, and a rejoicing, okay? This man has got the heart of God and he's never lost it. And, you know, so here's Pastor Kevin preaching on missions. And I had done all my college, which was a very challenge for me. I had four kids in upper primary and lower high school and we'd get them ready and then they'd go off on the same campus in Calvary Townsville and I'd go over the bridge to try and learn how and do and, and submit my papers, which was just another miracle. Um, but it was not just about what was taught. It was caught for me. It was caught. And then I knew that God um, 
was calling me, which was sort of knocked me over with a feather because I was happy just to be <clears throat> like a, a, a pastor's wife or uh, um, calling us to ministry and, and to help. But then God called me. And so I'm sitting in this week-long lectures with my eyes shut the whole time. I was just absolutely in heaven and I'd found it. Actually, God sort of like tweaked me and aligned me. It's like, there's the mantle because I'm a bit thick back then. Not now. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> always thick, amen. I don't think I'm the only one. And so God said to me while I was in those lectures, he called my name. And I've always had long hair. <clears throat> and so one of the uh, my Bible college colleagues, Paul Kaufman, uh, he was a bit of a mischief, and he used to always sit behind me on purpose and pull my hair. And so God called my name and I thought it was him. And I turned around and he's like, whoa. You know, what, Shazza? And, uh, and I said, do you call my name? And it's like, oh, this is a Samuel moment, right? So I turned around, I closed my eyes, and, I, and, the, and the Lord said to me, um, I'm going to send you to the world as a national. And I'm like, Lord, because pa- Pastor Kevin was talking about how it's the nationals of the world that will have the most effective ministry and help in a nation, of course, you know, because that's their nationality, their ethnicity. And I said to the Lord, I don't understand. I'm not Chinese. I'm not African. I'm not Indian. So what do you mean? And the Lord said to me, not a national of culture, but a national of experience. And he has sent me to every nation. And even within Aussie here, even with you fine folk here, he has sent me everywhere there where there has been trauma and traumatic grief. Amen. And this has been a lived experience for me. He said in Isaiah 49 to, um, while I was at college, that he made my mouth like a sharpened sword. And in the shadow of his hand, he kept me hidden. He made me into a polished or selected arrow. And then he continued to conceal me in his quiver. He then sent me on assignments all over the world wherever there was crisis, war and trauma. Polished but not perfect. Only he is perfect but perfected. And, you know, we don't, we're not perfect. We don't wait until we're perfect. And this is what I feel someone needs to hear this morning. You're waiting until, you, you don't, Lord, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You know, we need to be leaning in and saying, yes, Lord, yes, take me next level. That thing has to die. But I am on the move now like these two boys. You have no idea their backstory about that, but they are champions. And so, you know, not perfect, but complete, mature, free, able to appropriate grace, atoned for once, not saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, and there is someone here this morning or some people that are just keep, it's like Groundhog Day, stop it. I lovingly just say, stop it now. It's finished. Say it again. It's finished. It's done. Take it up. No more condemnation. No more shame. No more guilt because it'll have a ripple effect. Amen. Come on. You know, he tore me down to nothing during that process. You know, the polishing and the hiding and the concealing and more preparation and more polishing and more hiding and more concealing and more process was brutal. And my husband went along the journey with me and um, only he knows the extent. And you know what? He tore me down to nothing. All my flesh, all my self-reliance. All my backup. Well, if it doesn't work, I'll just back up here. And then I'll back up here. That's not just me. Yeah, we need to be, I loved Pastor Mel's honesty this morning. We need to be honest. 
You know, I think we, as a church, we've lost a bit of this. Yeah, we need to be transparent. We're not, we're not just defaulting to our gifts. You know, the, the arrow, the, the, wooden, the wooden bow that the arrow was shot at, in, in, like in Isaiah's period, it was made of wood. And the arrow was put in and stretched back and stretched back, not like the modern ones where we shoot and stra- shoot straight away. The, bow, the, the arrow was put into a wooden bow and it was stretched out and the wood would dry out and he would stretch and stretch and stretch and it would creak and it would take time. And I said many times, Lord, this is killing me. And he is saying, exactly, you are on the cross. Will you keep yourself there or will you be in and out? Come on, this is for someone. This is the word. We don't need an altar call. Right now, you respond and you'll pivot. You will go to the next level. You know, when the, when the arrow was pulled back, it would hit the target. Bang on. If it was shot too early, it would miss the mark. This is important stuff, isn't it? He healed my childhood historic trauma of having to hide to survive, the loneliness, the isolation of waiting until it was safe to come out. And that's my testimony. God freed me from fear, trauma, grief and loss. And he made me strong in him. He made me robust. He made my soul prosperous because we need it. Yeah, ripple effect. He made me courageous. I've just come back from a week on the Sunshine Coast from our church, Calvary. Greetings from Calvary, Pastor Dustin and Pastor Sarah Bell. A week of ACC pastors, nearly 2,000 pastors, all talking at once. It's awesome, okay? It's just like, like I'm an introvert. You might not believe that, but I am an outgoing introvert. So, but I mostly listen. But they knew where I've been, and so they said, oh, this is Pastor Sharon, the fierce female pastor. And I'm like, oh, that's actually, I'll take that. I'll take that. There are many fierce females and males in this place. Yeah, God's got to take you through a process, though. I learned to wait well. I learned to pray, thy kingdom come, so my kingdom goes. Say that with me. My, thy kingdom come, so my kingdom goes. And I'm not talking about pride. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a trauma clinician. I'm a clinician. Most, most people aren't full of pride. They're just full of fear. Yeah, and we've got a kingdom. Oh, we've got a kingdom and we are king and queen. But it's mostly I know best. Don't touch that, Lord. That is too close to the bone. Today's your day. He sent me to nations for 22 years. Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Africa, India, Bulgaria, Poland, Germany, Canada and Australia. Ukraine was my first nation that he sent me to. And then he, sent, he sends many of myself as a missional call into nations to deal with the stronghold of the nation, but the mentality. So that real victim, poverty mentality. I preached in Kiev and churches all over the Ukraine, teached in Bible college in Pushavaditsa, which is right next door to Butcher, the area that you saw on the news where the atrocities happened. The war started, though, in 2014. And from 2015 to 2017... I went to the Ukraine for three years in a row and ministered and preached in churches that ministered on the war line in Magranets, which is in that Donetsk, uh, that um, 
Donbass area. I then um, delivered a um, PTSD training for psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, refugee workers, because at that time when the war started, a million ref uh, refugees uh, came into the Ukraine uh, from Russia and from that occupied area. And then we say that in the 24th of February 2022, the war started. No, the invasion. That's what they say. The invasion started. They were already invaded and now full invasion or attempting to invade. I, I started to get contacted by my network over there because I've just got such a global network family, brothers and sisters and, and adopted sons and daughters. I started to um, be given names by my translator, Natasha, and would, uh, Pastor Sharon Minister. And as I was doing that on Facebook Messenger, on video or just typing, as they fled Kiev and the Ukraine when the war or the invasion started. And I thought, well, this is, Lord, this is what you're going to have me do. And so there might be some photos up there um, of just in preparation of that. And so um, that the miracle there, though, that I was helping people that I didn't know. And so, um, you know, I, I helped uh, anyway to, to cut for time. God led me to a couple that I didn't know, and he, and he is the ambassador for Australia now. Vasil and Lena Matachenko. You just never know who God is going to connect you with. Amen. Um, in April and May uh, this year, I went to and ministered in Poland and the in the Ukraine to refugees in all the refugee hubs. And as I was flying over, God said to me, I'm going to flow through you powerfully to instantly heal the next generation because the enemy is after the next generation but not on our watch amen so right there what can city point north do pray for the next generation and pastor mel's going to come up when i finish here but after i give you an opportunity to start all this process this wonderful life come into christ and it's what you've been drawn here today the, the father draws us amen and so um yeah, that I'm going to, uh, the, the enemy's after the next generation. So in um, in those hubs, there were mostly women and children. There was a little boy, Oleg, he was nine years of age, and he was in Benzin, Poland, with his mum in a great big refugee hub. And it's not easy. They just, they're all traumatised. They have had a horrific journey, all of them, and now they're here. It's a strange place. And this woman had three boys and the little middle boy, the nine-year-old boy, was so traumatised by what happened that he would not let his mum go. And literally, he, would, he was clinging on to her. And when she couldn't go to the bathroom, she couldn't go to the toilet, she couldn't wash herself, she couldn't eat properly, and he would cling on to her. And when she tried to just let him so just sit there, darling, he, would, he scratched her face and arms. So she presented, she had scratches all over her face and arms with Oleg around her waist. And, you know, this is the instant miracles that God had promised. And I never forgot, but as you just sort of like doing what God's called you to do. And so um, just talking to mom about why he is like that, giving her a little bit of psychoeducation, spiritual education, that it's all it's okay, but you have now met the God who is ever very present. Amen. In time of trouble. That word trouble means distress. It means trauma. God knows exactly where you are. He's here with you. His presence was with her. 
And so I just, I never sort of like, the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It was just so natural to just put my arms around them, around mum and around him and pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that this little boy would just have peace and he just melted into my chest and instantly healed, instantly healed, off playing with the other kids in the, in the hub. And so freed and so instantly here, you've got to remember that recovery from PTSD is a process. It's not a long process, but it's a process. This is pretty much unheard of. Only God can do this. Amen. And so he was so free that in a few days' time he was riding a skateboard and fell off and broke his arm. But, you know, we'll take that, Oleg. You can break your arm because now you're free. Amen. Had that not happened, that young boy's life would be on a trajectory of destruction. But God spoke a word, commanded a word. He's given us the power in our mouth. There was another little girl, Olena, 10, same thing. She, uh, just her and her mum, harrowing journey from the 24th. They woke up, bombs all going on and they fled. And this little girl lost her voice, which is called conversion disorder. You've probably heard that there are people that they had found during the wars and in Vietnam they've come across Um, civilians in that war or even soldiers that had gone blind so that their trauma was so overwhelming because that's what a trauma is. It overwhelms us that that actually turns physical and they lose their sight. They can't take anymore. I can't see anymore. I can't feel anymore. So this little girl had lost her voice. Same thing, same process, very basic, very simple, amen. Praying, Psalm 23, praying the peace of God. And this little girl's voice came back, oh, like that. I was going to do that in the microphone. Yeah, and scared the pants off everybody. But but the miracle is that there are like hundreds of women witnessing this and they're like, oh, my gosh, we have never, the God of miracles is, what is he? Present. He's here. His love, his grace. This is who I am. This is what I did. And you're getting first hand in hell. In war, translate that here. If he can do that there, come on. He can do that in my life. He can do this in your life. He never changes. He is the same God. He is the same God everywhere. Amen. I went back in April, May, which is just gone. And uh, I went, firstly, in that first trip, we went into the Ukraine and ministered in the hubs and prayed, the Holy Spirit said to me, just pray, very simply, just pray Psalm 23 over uh, all of them. And incredibly, they had a, a huge circle of people. And as they started to share their journey of fleeing when the war started, this young this young mum who had three kids as well and her husband, but the men aren't allowed to leave, so her husband's back. And she is telling the story how her husband are orphans. We're both orphans. We're both orphans. And she kept saying it. And you know what? It's just an evidence that she's still not healed and that it means so much. It, it, it just broke her. It just, she's got issues. She's got orphan issues here. She's not a Christian. They all came to Christ. But here she is saying, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, I'm an orphan. I'm an orphan. And when the bombs started, when the missiles started, my husband and I were feeding the animals of a neighbour and our children were at home. And I was screaming, they can't be orphans. They can't be orphans. See the cry of the heart? Oh, my God. Excuse me if I cry because God cries 
Amen. This beautiful woman who had just been broken by being an orphan and being left. Same, same. The law of attraction. Go figure. She chose an orphan husband and here they are loving their children. But now they are separated and the bombs are falling. And she's crying and I can't be an orphan. I can't be an orphan. They found their kids. They fled. But when here she is telling this story, we're all weeping. And the Lord said, Pray some. And I went over there and I started with her and I said, the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your father. He has always been your father. You have not not had a father. And she just broke. And as I went around the group, every scripture in Psalm 23 was applicable. Applicable. And it was miraculous. Amen. This is the God that we have This is what we have to give to Caboolture, to Morayfield, to Brisbane, to the world. You don't have to go. Thank God you're saying, I'm not going, but I'll go. But but it's just as dangerous here. It's just as needy here. There are people that need. Yes, amen. All right, a better motor. Amen. There's so many more stories to that. But see what he's doing. Led them to Christ. Revival, all of them coming after every ministry, whether it be collectively or individually, all of them saying in some sort of variation, what am I feeling? What is this that I'm feeling? I said, it's Darlin, it's God. It's his presence. It's who he is. I'm here. You're here. Your children are here. And God is here now. It's been, it's what's been missing. Do you want him? Yes. Yeah? Amen. There's people here that need that. In August, September this year, went again, ministered right deep into Kiev, went to Butcher, Moritizian, Erpen, Voisil, Borodyanka, and many more that I can't pronounce. And then you are seeing all those photos. God said to me again on the way over, I'm going to connect you with key people that you'll minister to and I'm going to keep connect you with key pastors and it broaden your network because he always does because God's larger and larger and larger and larger. Yeah, there's no limits to God. Amen. And he's absolutely brilliant the way he does it. He does it. So say that again. Thy kingdom come so my kingdom goes. We have these great ideas and I just have to for time. I'll just go sideways. I tell you, I could preach that out, but that would be another time. He connected me with people that had been through hell in those occupied areas. They are now de-occupied, but they, to them, they're still occupied because that experience put them in a prison, as you would understand. He led me to a, uh, a teacher, um, Valeri, and we would say Valerie, and she's a young mum like my daughter, and she's got children and husband. And she, has the, she was the newly appointed mayor and school principal of Mordijan. And this was a place where it got bombed majorly. Um, but it went this little, not little, probably about the size of um, Kabulcha, this town went global because the former mayor, Oleg, and I need to do this respectfully and carefully, you just trust me, that... Um, she was, when, when the occupation happened, she was the mayor, her husband and their 17-year-old son. And no one was going out of their homes. They're all trying to hide because they were going from house to house. And, and I'm not going to go into that because it's too much. And we've probably got kids in here as well. But just know 
that, that they, were, they weren't safe night or day. And so therefore they cut the water and electricity off and there's limited food that's running out. So someone's got to go. Someone's got to go for water. Someone's got to go for food. And this mayor and her husband and 17-year-old son at night when they worked out their pattern where there was no shooting or no moving or hearing of the vehicles, they would go out and they would bring water and food and comfort. <laughs> you know, you might say, geez, you're a fierce female, Pastor Sharon, you're brave. Mm-mm. No, I'm not. She is. Yeah. And this is just one. This is one of many, but she is. Yeah. They found her and her husband and son and they took her outside that, that town, that largish town, to a house where they call the prison house. There are photos of that up there. I've stood in front of that and at the back of it there's a forest and they took them out there and this went global in the news and for a whole week they were subjected to horrors, I'm not going to say it, um, and then they were killed. And the image of that in that shallow grave went around the world. And Olga was Valeri's best friend and mentor. And now the weight is on her, yeah? Can you see this? Now she is the mayor and the school principal. What did God say to me? I'm going to work through you powerfully to rescue, heal the next generation. She is the influencer, the key influencer in this region. She is the influencer of parents and children and teenagers for a whole school. I mean, and I, I did a GoFundMe and it got $8,600 and it may as well be a billion dollars because the grievance is worth nothing. And, um, and so we, took, we bought school supplies because they had none. The school had been bombed and we bought school supplies, but God sent me to that girl, mostly, yeah. And as we were leaving, going down the stairs, I just put my arm around her. I said, how are you going? And she just melted again and started to sob. So back into her office. And for the next two hours, the team of youth pastors and pastors just waited around and God ministered to her. I came continuing to minister to that woman on Facebook Messenger through um, the, vi- the video. A couple of weekends ago, they had a great big memorial service for Oleg and her husband and son. And President Zelensky awarded her and them the highest order of courage. And it's just built into the wall of the school. Amen? So this is just, yeah. Letter to Christ. Um, we moved on to Butcher, to Anya, a family of nine, all living in the same house. I haven't got time to share with you while we were there. With them, the sirens went off. I spent a lot of time going in and out of bomb shelters when the sirens went off. We just arrived, the bomb, the sirens went off. We went down into the bomb shelter. And as we went down into it, it was pitch black. And the Lord said to me, I tell them that I have been a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. Because I couldn't see a thing. She held my hand. And as I said that to her, the, the word, boom, comfort, love, power. And she just, and open heart. She told me a story of having to get her three children out of butcher because it got to the point, and I can't go into that because that was just the most horrific atrocities. There wasn't just one mass grave, there were multiple, and there were 1,300 people that lost their lives in that town. And it's a big town, and she had to get her children out. And so this brave girl went out at night with her three children in minus eight, 
and walking along roads and she was stopped three times at gunpoint. And then she said, I have to, I have to. These kids aren't going to survive. I have to get them out. So she went along the railway tracks and as she was walking with her kids behind her, the machine gun went... And they said, if you walk another step, we'll kill you all. Go home. So she did. And she went home and the next day or the day after that, she found out that there was a green corridor of buses. We've heard about this in the news, that they're going to take them out of Butcher and take them to the Carpathia Mountains. She went and when she heard about it and she lined up and it got cancelled. She lined up all day in minus eight and it got cancelled. They went back the next day, waited six hours, got on the buses. And she, she said, I shouldn't have actually let down a relief. We're safe. I got them. Here she is. She's not a Christian. We led them to Christ. Amen. This is before BC, before Christ. And she let down and she said, oh, what a relief. She shouldn't have done that, she said, because the journey was that the buses were to stay back to back, no gaps, no cars. And yet cars did get in and they stopped the convoy multiple times and pulled the cars out and those people lost their lives. You know, do that delicately. And in front of the kids, in front of everyone, they, they didn't, she didn't know whether they are going to live or die that, that day. This is happening in the Ukraine. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's a bit unbelievable. Um, just other people, Sophia in Irpin, shot in the ankle, lost her two brothers, her parents. She's got one brother in the military. She's trying to get away from the gunfire. That was pretty much day and night. And she said to me, the miracle is, when I, after I led her to Christ, the miracle is I should have been shot many times. I was in a position where bullets were going whoosh, 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 and she should have got one. That was fatal. But she got one in the ankle. Yeah, God saved her life. Why? To save a soul. Amen. And now she's a champion. Know that the pastors that in my network are going back and going back. I've got pictures that I haven't got here. They're going back. Winter's coming, minus 30, bringing them blankets, bringing them food because all their houses, all of their houses are demolished, providing for them. The scriptures, amen. God then led me to Pastor Yuri and Hillsong, Kiev, and Pastor Wayne Czech, Darlene Czech's brother-in-law. And that's the network that I'm going back to so that the work is broader. But here is the basic word. It's not basic. It's our life. It's God. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 46, 1, he is ever-present help. He is the presence in time of trouble, distress, and stress and trauma. Isaiah 54, 70, no weapon, no weapon formed against me will prosper. 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given me fear but power and love and of a sound mind. God had me praying. Holy Spirit led me, just said, pray over them. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in my hand and you will prosper in my hand. So I made your brain. I made the fight and flight mechanism and it's still firing. So God had me pray, fight and flight mechanism, just switch off. No more adrenaline, no more fear, just the peace of God and instant healing and instant miracles. And that's how they met God of salvation. I'm going to finish with this. They said, what am I feeling? It's God. That's how they met God. When they were saved, Scripture says they are saved to the uttermost. That simply means not just because of crisis, not just because of panic, they met a miracle promise-keeping God who is the same yesterday, today and forever, who is the same here as He is there. God said to me, there will be no impermanence 
or falling away or backsliding or lukewarmness with them. They've met the God at the pointy end. And you know what? We need to get back there, church. Amen. You agree? We need to get back there. Just everyone close their eyes. This is the most important moment in any church or under any tree or in any bomb shelter. It doesn't matter where we gather. You might be by yourself. I was at 16 and I let him in. But you must, you must decide this today. Billy Graham said that Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart. Will you let him in? It's as simple as that. Will you let the God of the universe that loves you, that made you, that knows you, will you say, my kingdom's going today? I'm not the king or queen of anything. It's not worked for me. But today I am opening up my life to the King of glory, to Jesus Christ who has done the work on the cross. If that's you today, no one's looking around and I'm not going to embarrass you. But you know what? I couldn't care less when I was saved if people were looking around. This, you need to do this. This is deciding now abundant life. But when we die within a split second, we don't know. You have to decide, where are you going? Where will it be? Will He be ever present and you with Him or you won't? It's as important as that. And I make no apologies for doing what we might call an old school salvation message. It's never old school. It's today. It's on a knife edge. If that's you, no one's looking around. Put your hand up because I want to see it. I want to say God bless you.